Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the word obedience has a negative association attached to it in our society today when we hear the word obedience. As humans, we don't really like obedience. Think of young and small. We tell a little kid to put the iPad down, go to sleep, and all chaos breaks, uh, breaks, up, breaks out. And even as adults, we think about obedience. And when it comes to obedience, it's not something as human beings in our fallen nature that we just accept naturally. There's some resistance to obedience because we feel like obedience gets in the way of our freedom. And we want to be free, and we live in a society that says, be free. Your freedom belongs to you. Do what you want, when you want, however you want, and nobody should tell you otherwise. This is the type of society that we live in. And so when we look at freedom, we forget that we, I'm sorry, we, we think that, again, that it's gonna t- by taking away our freedom, by being obedient, taking away our freedom, we'll be less happy. So again, society says, do what you want. You'll be happy. And so the word, and, but that actually only leads to anarchy. What is anarchy? If we heard that word before, if we've seen uh, the word, we've studied it before, the word anarchy can be defined as a state of disorder or chaos due to disobedience of law. So when we're constantly disobedient in our human nature, there is this type of anarchy that takes place, this type of chaos that takes place around us or within us, and disorder. As much as we think that being obedient will take away our freedom and we'll be happier, actually leads to complete anarchy. Disobedience to law leads to total anarchy. And we see that when it comes to disobedience to civil law. If we look at civil law, what the state and the, um, the city that we live in or just laws across the country, when we're disobedient to that type of civil law, what do we see? We see anarchy. Imagine the world with no stop signs or no police officers, right? Do whatever you want. And what's the outcome? We can see what the outcome is when there is no police officers. And we've seen what this outcome looks like. We've seen this earlier this year when cities across the United States decided maybe to, let's a good idea to defund police departments due to police officers um, abusing their powers. And what's the outcome of that complete anarchy? Again, chaos we've seen and, and, and all types of disorder taking place around the country when there is no type of obedience to these set of laws. We've seen these cities in Los Angeles and New York. Do what you want, no police officers. What's the outcome? Total anarchy. 24%, uh, an increase of 24% in killings since January and a 70% increase in crime in these cities. It doesn't work on a civil situation when we say disobey, civil law. Also, when it comes to disobedience to the law of nutrition, if I take in more calories in a day than I should, right, if I'm disobedient to the laws of nutrition and I take in more calories, then what's going to happen? Complete chaos, anarchy, disorder within myself. It could lead to heart disease. It could lead to all types of things. Why? I'm eating whatever I want, however much I want, and no one tell me to be obedient to the laws of nutrition. This is the outcome. Total anarchy. Disobedience, we can say, to the law of gravity. I can stand at the top of the Eiffel Tower and I can say, you know what? I'm going to jump off the Eiffel Tower and I'm going to land right on my feet. I'm going to disobey the law of gravity. I'm going to lay on my feet and land on my feet and everything's going to be okay. Well, what's that? Total anarchy. Right? I'm going to be disobedient to the law of gravity. And what's the outcome? Death. And finally, disobedience to divine law, which is the law of God. Even God gives us a law. 
And if we're disobedient to this law, because we think I can eat what I want whenever I want, I could drink as much as I want, I could smoke what I want, I could sleep with who I want, I can just do whatever I want and I will be happy, and I disregard and I'm disobedient to God's divine law, what does it lead to? Divine, uh, absolute anarchy. Which means this chaos and disorder from within. Addiction, suicide, depression, it doesn't work. The world says, who cares about God's law? Do what you want to do. It'll make you happy. You'll feel fulfilled. We're seeing the complete opposite. So anytime we're disobedient to laws in general, not just divine law, across the board, it leads to this disturbance, this chaos and confusion and disorder within us when it comes to disobedience of law. If disobedience to law, if disobedience to law leads to anarchy, obedience to law leads to peace. Right? When we follow just civil law, I stop at a stop sign, that's good for me and the people around me. So if disobedience leads to anarchy, obedience leads to law, leads to peace, joy, and a flourishing life in this world which will lead us to heaven. St. Joseph has many titles. And one of the most titles that I love about him, one of my favorite titles about St. Joseph is St. Joseph, Most Obedient. We're so used to being disobedient, and disobedience leads to anarchy. Disobedience leads to no peace. Disobedience leads to disorder and chaos in our lives. We look to St. Joseph, who is St. Joseph most obedient. He's called most obedient because he was obedient to God, even though he was uncomfortable, and it was, he was uncomfortable in situations, and it was going to cause him a lot of suffering. And we know this scenario, we've heard it, and we heard it again today. Every year, the church reminds us of St. Joseph. We need a day to say to St. Joseph, okay, you're more than just a statue that I look at every now and then. You're a person who was someone I can learn from. And so we know the situation, right? What is the situation? We know the scenario. Mary and Joseph are betrothed. What it means to be betrothed is married, but we don't live together yet. So Jewish people, they do a betrothal, which means I'm married to you, but we're not living yet. It's the first stage of marriage. And so we know the situation, right? If a betrothed woman had sexual relations with a man besides her husband, she's considered an adulteress. And Jewish law says, you can stone that woman to death. So Jesus comes up across this woman he's married to, she's betrothed to, and he sees she's pregnant. And he says that, you know what, I have many options. I can leave her quietly. I can have her stoned to death. Instead of acting out of emotions, chaos, anarchy, all these emotions and stirring up inside of him, he's obedient to God. He's obedient to God and we're told when Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took his wife into his home. And because of that peace, because of that being obedient to God, although that didn't make him comfortable, although he wanted to be disobedient to what God wanted, what did it lead to? It led to him taking Mary into his home, Mary having a place to give birth to a child, that child becoming our Savior. And so we may be thinking, okay, great, Father, that's great, thank you. Thanks for the lesson, for the theology lesson, but what does that have to do with me today? What does this have to do with me today? And the answer is a lot. A tremendous amount of understanding today. Since, again, we're human beings and we have the tendency to be disobedient due to our fallen nature, 
God didn't leave us as orphans. He knew we would need help when it, was, when it comes to obedience. And he gave us St. Joseph. And you may be saying, you know, St. Joseph, uh, Joseph can help us to be obedient to God so we can get to heaven. And oftentimes, this is where Protestants, non-Catholics will say, and maybe some of you are thinking, and I used to think this, do I need St. Joseph to be obedient? Isn't that why I have Jesus? Why do you guys give us these saints? I have Christ. Christ is enough. Christ was obedient. He's God. St. Joseph is not. Stop pushing me towards the saints. And the answer is, brothers and sisters, yes, we can definitely go directly to Jesus. Absolutely. But St. Joseph is probably the one who taught Jesus obedience. That's our response. Our own response for us to understand that. But response when other people say, oh, these saints, get over it. What's your problem, Catholics? Stop with the saints. Our response is very clear. Jesus as a little baby, in Jesus and his humanity, he needed St. Joseph. In, Saint, in Jesus' humanity, he couldn't do everything himself. St. Joseph couldn't, I'm sorry, Jesus couldn't change his own diaper as a little child. He couldn't feed himself. Jesus' humanity needed St. Joseph and needed Mother Mary. Jesus depended on them in his, in his humanity. But Jesus also divine. Jesus' divinity, which makes him God, didn't need anything from St. Joseph. But in Jesus' humanity, he needed St. Joseph. And St. Joseph being that person who taught Jesus, who fed Jesus, and was just there for Jesus, if he's a good enough teacher for Jesus, he's a good enough teacher for us when it comes to obedience. Because again, we're not very good at obedience. That's why we need St. Joseph. Actually, when we ignore St. Joseph, it's a little offensive to God. It's offensive to Jesus. When we, don't dis- when we disregard St. Joseph and we just see him as just whatever, that's why the church gives us a, a specific day-to-day say, where are you with St. Joseph? Where are you, Jesus asks us today, where are you with my foster father, the person who taught me, educated me, took care of me? Do you love him? Do you see him? Do you acknowledge him? And brothers and sisters, ultimately St. Joseph taught Jesus how to honor his father and mother and did it perfectly. That's why Jesus was obedient to his Father, even to the Father's will, which was saving us on the cross. Saint Joseph, in his humanity, being a teacher for Jesus, Jesus looked at Saint Joseph, saw his obedience, Jesus learned that obedience, and that's why Jesus did what he did on the cross. That was an act of obedience. We know from the scriptures, Philippians 2.8, it says, Jesus humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Jesus learned obedience from St. Joseph as a kid. As he became an adult, when he turned 33 years old, went to the cross, it was from St. Joseph's model. In Jesus' humanity, he needed that person to help him. And brothers and sisters, like I said, if he's good enough for Jesus, he's good enough for us. If he taught Jesus to do that in his humanity, St. Joseph will help us do that every single day for each other. Because we're not very good at sacrificing. We're not very good at being obedient. Naturally, we're selfish. I want what I want, when I want, when I want it. And don't tell me otherwise. But when we turn to St. Joseph, he helps us 
to be selfless versus selfish, like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so St. Joseph, most obedient, can help us be more obedient to God and ultimately get to heaven, because that's the final goal. So yes, we do need St. Joseph. So what does that look like? How do we do that? And just one practical thing is what I'll tell us how to do this, uh, to this, this, this uh, becoming and inviting St. Joseph into our lives. What does this look like? And I'll say one thing, and it's consecration to St. Joseph. What does consecration to St. Joseph most obedient mean? What does that word consecration mean? Consecration means it means that we acknowledge that he is our spiritual father, and I want to be like you, St. Joseph. I want to be a man who says yes to God. I want to be a woman who says yes to God. I want to be a person who gets out of my comfort zone like you got out of your comfort zone so that way I can sacrifice for others because I want to get to heaven. So I need you, St. Joseph. I need you to teach me. I need you to lead me because I can't do it without you. And if you're good enough for Jesus, you're good enough for me. And so it means that we entrust ourselves entirely to St. Joseph's fatherly care like Jesus did in his humanity so that we can lovingly help, he can lovingly help me acquire the obedience I need to be holy and to get to heaven and to take those that I love here on earth to heaven as well. And so there's many different things that we could do. God is telling us today in his church, we're wrapping up the year of St. Joseph. The church, universal Catholic church around the world, had a whole year dedicated to St. Joseph. It's coming to an end. God is telling his church today that in order to defend marriage and the family, to elevate morals, to recover lost grounds, to win souls for Jesus Christ, we need to bring St. Joseph into the battlefield. Brothers and sisters, we are at war. And we keep fighting a war alone, we're not winning. And so we need to consecrate our day to him each day by using a consecration prayer. I bought this book, it's called Consecration of St. Joseph. And it's a great book, it's a 33-day reading, and there's all types of prayers in the back. I don't need this book, but every day I should consecrate my day to St. Joseph. I should wake up and get to my knees, and I should pray to God, yes, but then I turn to St. Joseph and say, St. Joseph, I need you today. I consecrate my day to you, so I can be obedient to God today, so I can get to heaven today, so I can look like you who sacrificed for Mary and Jesus, so I can raise a holy family. I can be obedient when it comes to sin. I can say no to temptation. Fight for me, St. Joseph. I need you. That's what it means to consecrate my day to St. Joseph, to help me be obedient. We should consecrate our homes. Do a blessing in your home, especially fathers. Fathers, you have a type of authority. You're the head of your household. Take some holy water. Take some bisma. Read the prayer and go around the household. All those evil spirits of lust and anger and division flee when we consecrate our homes to St. Joseph. We consecrate our homes. We should consecrate our marriages to St. Joseph. We should consecrate our families to St. Joseph, our children to St. Joseph. Any prayer online, a consecration prayer to families, find it online. Consecration to my home, find it online of St. Joseph. It's all there. We consecrate our work, our businesses, our lives to St. Joseph. Because again, if he was good enough, this is the fourth time I said it, and I'm going to say it again. If he's good enough for Jesus, he's good enough for us. So we're going to end a little bit differently today. We'll pray a little bit of the litany of trust. Your response after each one of his titles will be pray for us. So first and foremost, St. Joseph, spouse of the mother of God, foster father of the son Jesus, 
diligent protector of Jesus Christ, head of the Holy Family, Joseph Most Just, Joseph Most Chaste, Joseph Most Prudent, Joseph Most Strong, Joseph Most Faithful, Pillar of Families, Solace of the Weak, Hope of the Sick, Patron of the Dying, Terror of Demons, Joseph Most Obedient, Joseph Most Obedient, Joseph Most Obedient. Amen.